Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Mind Under Tension. Today's guest is Caleb Coons. Caleb Coons is a realtor and entrepreneur, and just honestly an all-around awesome dude. Get ready to learn how to start investing in your future, Caleb's business ventures, what van life is, and a whole lot more. Also, before we get going, I have one small request. If you want to support the show, I ask that you hit the follow or subscribe button, depending on your platform. And if you enjoy the show, I would greatly appreciate it if you left a review and or shared the episode with a friend. Thank you so much. Now get ready for Caleb Coons. All right. Caleb, how you doing? Doing good, man. How are you? Awesome. Uh, do you want to just give a little introduction to yourself, kind of what you do? I know you do a lot. so <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm Caleb. I live in Florida. Sorry. My monitor just fell. I live in Florida. I'm a realtor. I do commercial residential real estate. I have been starting businesses since I was young. Uh, many failed, many worked. Currently working on an e-commerce business that Will be kind of my priority that i'll be growing love to talk about that if you want to um real estate i enjoy uh pays the bills um, but i don't see myself doing it as a full-time job ever i think i would get bored of it and uh, yeah that's me i spend time on the beach the boat i have a dog you're probably gonna hear him because he isn't sleeping right now but yeah that's pretty much it what's, what's your dog's name chance chance nice yeah we named that's him after the uh dog in homeward bound <laughs> yeah, tell me about uh, your e-commerce business that you're looking into. Yeah, man. So um, I've been doing e-commerce for a little over a year and a half now, maybe two years, uh, start to finish, and had a few products, had a few work, um, had a few lawsuits, all of the firsts of e-commerce, which have yeah. been been a learning curve for sure. But uh, now we just launched, or are launching in the next week or so, um, a new product. And I think that one's going to be really fun. It's we built a whole brand around it. We have I have an actual team, um, not a huge team, but we have people for that know what they're doing on the things that I don't know what I'm doing uh, because I don't know every part of the process. So as far as building a brand, doing actual brand imagery, so like logos, uh, naming stuff like that is not really my strong suit. So we, I have somebody who's helping me out with that, and they have a ton of skills too. I mean, they're just—he's a Shopify wizard. So like, we're we're able to do a whole well-rounded thing. So is this your first time building a business with a full team and not on your own? Yeah, for the most part, pretty much. Yeah, everything else has been you know smaller, smaller level um, intro stuff. I I never saw anything that I was doing doing super well like i always knew that it would all work i could make anything work but i didn't see anything that was going to like blow up you know and be like a an exit company kind of thing so i kind of started everything with the intention of just learning as much as i could and being okay when it was time to just let go of it um so that's how i've always looked at things whereas with this i think has the potential to be really big yeah, I love that the just trying as many things as you can. That was kind of like what my Substack was about the other day cuz I've I been that. trying yeah. so many random media things throughout since I was like in 4th grade and I've just like 
none of the stuff I did, like if I didn't do all that, Actually, I would not be able to start the podcast. Okay, so in your in your newsletter, um, you talked about a, a stop motion part, right? Yeah. Like you made stop motion videos. Was that with Brady? Um, we I might have done I, it in class. I swear I remembered him saying something about it, and he was just here. He flew out to Florida for the weekend. I, you know, he might have been in one of my classes in um, like middle school, and we for a school project we did do like Lego stop motion. And yeah, he, might, he was probably I, in that group. I think he was because I remember him telling me about that, and I read it, and it was he had just flown out like an hour before I read your newsletter, and I was like, wait, that had to have been Brady, like. Yeah, that's hilarious. Because I, okay. I had been doing it a long time before that, but I did it with a bunch of classmates, so it's very likely. Dude, love that's Brady. Hilarious. Okay, he's an awesome cool. dude. Um, yeah, we uh, he was here for the weekend. We went to uh, Royal Rumble. Awesome, it was sweet. <laughs> that's amazing. All right, I have an Alex Formosi tweet for you, okay. and I've seen you talk about something similar. It's kind of an older one, but I remember a little bit of backlash. So, I'm sure this will piss off certain people, but you don't need a weekend. The concept is barely 100 years old. It's a modern invention. What you really need is work you don't need a weekend from. You'd be amazed how much faster you get your goal get to your goals when you don't go backwards 104 days per year. I love it. Um, yeah, I'm big on that. So I sense, and I think I got lucky. Um, when I first started working, I worked at a bar. And so I worked weekends always. So I would have a random Tuesday off here and there. And that was my life from like my, for my whole professional career. So from the time I started working at 14 to now, I have always worked weekends. So it was never a concept to me. And I'm so happy for that because now I do not feel like I have to take them off. I don't feel like I have to have a Sunday off or anything like that. I just take a break when I'm tired. I have kind of a similar experience. You know, I worked in setting up weddings for like five years and the weekends are like the busy time like i'm working 11 hour shifts on saturday and sunday yep and i think when people kind of miss the mark there is the part where he says you need a job that makes it um what you really need is work you don't need a weekend from like if you're working a crappy job obviously you're Mm going to get mad at that tweet but if you can build something for yourself where you enjoy it then you don't actually need that off i also think if you are still working you know, say a nine to five or like me, I work a job and I'm still in college. So my main time when I can get in a good like five, six hours to work on the podcast is on the weekend. You know, right. it's really the only chance. So sometimes you just have to maximize that and it can get really busy. But Of course. But if you enjoy what you're doing, I mean, they um, actually, I think Layla talks about it a lot. Alex's wife, she um, talks a lot about energy producing and energy draining activities. And if you can find work that is an energy producing activity for you, you're golden. You won't need that weekend off. You won't need to stop at five. You, you will do something that you enjoy doing and you will take it much further. Dude, I've found after a couple of my interviews, I've had to go on a run right after doing it because I'm so like amped up. That's awesome. I I'm love like, that. That was awesome. And I go like sprint a mile. <laughs> That's awesome. So funny. <laughs> Yeah. So I think a lot of your story of like your early stuff has kind of been told. You know, you did the Curious College Dropout podcast. Yep. I think that's, that's what's called, yep. correct? Yeah, the Curious You told dropout. a lot about what you did. So I kind of want to get into 
stuff that you know that can benefit other people. So say we have someone, they're working a job, they've got $1,000 in the bank, and they want to start investing, starting a business. Like, Where would you recommend someone starts? Education. Without a doubt, no doubt in my mind, education. Um, I made the mistake of lacking on that. I did learn that lesson, and I ended up doubling down on education later on in life. You know, when I hit like 21, I started really focusing on education. I don't mean just college. Like, you don't have to go to college. You can. It's not a bad thing. Like, I hate when people are like, college is a waste of time and money. I'm like, no, it depends on what you're doing. Yeah. Um, where, where can people get educated in the other sense then? Anywhere, man. I mean, YouTube. Obviously, YouTube is a huge um, just bucket of knowledge. Books, but then you run into the problem of who to watch on YouTube, what books to read. Like, there's so much content out there and so much knowledge that you don't know what you should take away and what you shouldn't because you only have so much space in your brain. You can't absorb everything. So that was another problem I had was I was taking content and taking knowledge from everybody and not just the people who were doing what I wanted to be doing. So that led me to ingrain this sentence into my head and I couldn't get it. It took me so long. I wrote it on my mirror. I wrote it on the wall. I put it on my phone background and it is not to take advice from anybody you would not switch places with. Because mm-hmm. that was the only way I could stop taking advice from everybody. Uh, there's a quote that I really like and it's either Charlie Munger or Warren Buffett. I don't remember which one. <laughs> and they said to be a great entrepreneur, you have to be able to say more, say no more times than you can say yes. Because what ultimately makes or breaks you are the opportunities you're able to say no to and focus on the ones that you've already said yes to. That also took me years. Like I said, I'm just speaking from my experience. I started so many random small businesses that were never realistically going to blow up unless I spent all of my time on them. And I didn't have the time to give because I was trying to do three things at once. That's totally the book I'm reading right now, Essentialism by Greg McCohen. That's on my list. It's on your list? It's on my list. I haven't started it yet. It is all about that. Just the disciplined pursuit of less, just really focusing in. Something funny. I think it was funny that we were just talking about that on threads, how you mentioned you couldn't remember who that quote came from. Have you heard of Churchillian Drift? I've heard of it. I'm not super familiar. The tendency for all quotes to be attributed over time to Winston Churchill. It's like the same thing with like business stuff and Alex Hormozzi or Warren Buffett. Yeah, they all just they all just concept. go back to him. Yeah. Um, yeah, like we're talking about that mental masturbation when you just consume, 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 and at some point, like you're only gaining something from things you consume if you can take action from it. And if you're consuming so much that you can't take action from everything, it's a waste of time. <laughs> He's trying, he has something to say. He does. He's talkative. He's super playful today. Um, so that brings me back to last year. Um, I wrote down a list of books that I wanted to read. It was like 30 books. And I was like, I'm going to read 30 books in 2023. I have no idea what the hell I was thinking because I am a slow reader, like a super slow reader. And I, uh, I was listening to a podcast. I think it was a Hermosi podcast. And he, he gave me some, um, like a feeling of relief because he was like, 
all these people, they want to read all these books, every single book. And I'm like, there's no point. You find a few good books that will give you like the knowledge that you need and you read them three times or four times or twice or whatever. And so that's what I'm doing this year. Every book I'm reading, I'm reading it twice. I'm in the middle of um, How to Win Friends and Influence People, which yep. is a book I think every single person should read. That's on my list too. And Carnegie, in the book, he actually says in the beginning, he says, if you really want this book to work, read every chapter twice. So as I get to the end of the first chapter, I just restart, read it again. And it's nice. I mean, it's way easier to read the second time. And I think it's making me, making me a faster reader too. Something that makes me a slower reader that I found has helped me so much is every time I read, I have a highlighter and a pencil with me. And if you, if anyone borrows a book from me, every page is marked up. Train wreck. Even yeah, just random things. I'll write like, yup, at the end of a paragraph <laughs> or just like highlighting random things or I'll put funny notes. Or it just makes you more notes. engaged. And For sure. I never realized how disengaged of a reader I can be when I'll go back and read it the second time and I'm like, wow, I already read this once. I have, I've never seen these words in my life before, but apparently I read it already just last night. And I'm like, wow, this is crazy. Yeah. It's so easy to just completely zone out. Yeah. Especially because I read at night. Mm. So it's, it's harder to stay engaged in bed. Yeah. I've been trying to read in the morning is, has been my goal recently. I, I do that too. Um, so I'm, I'm reading Hormozzi's book, $100 Million Offers. And I'm, I listen to it on the audiobook and I read it like as I listen because there's some study that is, it engages a different part of your brain and helps you comprehend things better when you listen yep. and you read it. So I do that in the morning, but I can't do that in bed. And I'm in the middle of uh, 75 hard. So I have to read at night to get my 10 pages in. Yeah. How's that been going, 75 hard? It is pretty good it's kind of a pain but it's not bad um the a few days ago i had a crazy i love wine like i'm a huge wine guy and i had a crazy red wine craving no idea why never really had it before um yeah that was tough for some reason i didn't think that alcohol was ever going to be the one that like made me struggle but i just went and got a non-alcoholic bottle of wine i was just about to say you should go look for a non-alcoholic yeah literally just grape grape juice (laughs) yeah yeah, I was talking to the last guy I had on Gus Moore. Um, he's doing it as well. Oh, really? And yeah. I thought it was, it's funny because he's kind of said the same thing as you is like the first time he did it, it was kind of like a more like a 75 soft kind of thing. Yeah. In a way. And now he's actually doing a little more hardcore. That's um, how I'm going to do it the second time. And I think I'm going to start like, I might start a little later, like mid April now. So that I have like a month off and then start mid April. Me too. I'm doing it. Perfect. I'll do it with you, man. Perfect. Um, I'm excited. Yeah, my only... I'm taking the chemistry of beer. That's my one drawback. Yeah, that's fine. But we have like two little two little samples. How's that going? funny because... Oh, it's so fun. Um, we did this thing the other day where we have 13 little sample cups with hams. So the most dull, worst beer. And then you get these tiny little bottles that each have a very specific flavor in them. And you mix it in. So you get, try each one. It's like, well, this is what it'll taste like if you get bacteria in the fermentation process. This is what'll happen if it's, uh, there's too much metal ions in the water. So we get these very wow. specific tastes that we can like pick up. That's crazy. It's pretty awesome. I think if you found something like that for wine, 
you i've been looking i'm gonna look on like groupon or something so kind of going back to what i was saying earlier if you had like that guy i was talking about the guy with thousand dollars in the bank looking to do something investing what should he do like i said education but if you already have that give me one second let me give him a tour all right sorry about that good hopefully he's better i don't know why he's ornery he gets mouthy sometimes. He, he wants to take part in the episode he's trying he does to he's got stuff to say yeah okay so thousand dollars in the bank you have education assuming you know the direction you want to go and you want to be an entrepreneur or that's what you plan on doing i'm sorry let me reframe the question are you talking about starting a business or simply investing let's like, say just investing someone just wants say they're they just want to keep working their nine to five but they okay, want to build a future for themselves want to get into investing okay got it sorry i misunderstood the question then um that's okay i, I worded it different before so I, okay. okay so starting investing So the first thing you're going to want to do, assess your job's benefits. If your job offers a 401k and a 401k match, you'll want to start there because that's free money. So you'll want to max your 401k up to their match. So if they do like a 3% match, you put 3% of your salary into the 401k and they match it another 3%, you automatically double your money. So that's the best return you can have. That's perfect. So start there. If your company doesn't offer that, which a lot are not, um, you'll want to open a Roth IRA. What that is is a tax advantage account. So you put money in there and there's a set limit. It's $7,000 right now per year. That's the max you can put in it per year. And what you do is you pay the money, you pay tax on that money as you earn it. And then you contribute it to this account. As that money grows, you do not pay tax on the grown money. So you pay the tax once and then you're all said and done. So let's say you start at 20 years old and you contribute to this every year until you're 60 and you retire at 60. You have grown, let's say, $300,000 in contributions to two and a half million. You don't owe any tax on that two and a half million dollars. You don't owe any tax, period. All you do is take your money out, live your life, live a great life. Awesome. It's one of the most simple, complicated things to understand. Um, Anybody trying to understand retirement accounts, I kind of start there because they start to understand, okay, so you pay the tax on the initially earned money, but then you don't have to pay any tax on the future money that that money makes. Does that make sense? Yeah, versus like another retirement account that's not Roth, you would have to pay the tax on that money in the future, correct? Correct. So with a 401k or a traditional IRA, you can contribute the money, let's say $5,000 in one year you are going to reduce your tax liability for that year by that amount. So let's say you have a $60,000 salary, you contribute $5,000, you are only going to owe tax that year on $55,000 rather than $60,000. You get a tax benefit there. And then the bummer about these, which I don't like, is you're looking into the future and you're saying, okay, well, our tax rate is going to be higher in the future or lower? So it's a gamble. You have no idea. Um, any money that that money makes, let's say your same scenario, you contribute five grand a year into a 401k or a traditional IRA, and it's $300,000 in contributions and it grows to two and a half million, you're going to owe tax on that two and a half million dollars. Granted, you might be in a lower tax bracket at retirement than you are right now. So theoretically, you could save money, 
but I don't love that strategy. Gotcha. So you would always so you would just recommend Roth for anyone to start out with. Yeah, the problem with those is you can't spend the money. Well, okay, you can take out contributions. We're getting into the thick of it now, but any contributions you can take out after two to five years. I don't remember exactly what it is this year. So anything you contribute, you can always take out. But the earnings, you can't touch until 59 and a half. Once you are 59 and a half years old, you can take it all out. So that can be a pro or a con. Now, with a regular brokerage account, that you can touch at any time, but you're not saving anything on tax. You owe full tax on it. So as far as where to invest the money inside those. So those are your account types, right? Now you have to actually put the money somewhere. So you're going to either invest in a stock or a company or an ETF, which an ETF is probably the best way to go for most people. What's an an ETF? An ETF is like a basket of stocks. So let's talk about VTI. It is, or VOO. That is just the ticker symbol of my favorite ETFs. And what they are is a basket, picture like an actual basket holding shares of the top 500 companies in America. So you'll have, let's say, 5% of it might be Apple, 2% of it might be Microsoft, 2% might be Facebook. And it goes down the line of the top 500 companies holding a larger amount of the top 10 versus the bottom 100. But nevertheless, it's perfect diversification between the top 500 companies. That way, you don't have to worry about following like what Facebook is doing right now or what Apple is doing right now. You just hold this ETF and you have exposure to 500 companies and you don't have to worry. You know that you're probably going to be okay. And that averages, the S&P 500 averages 8%. But it can be anywhere from 6 to 20% a year and it can be down too. But over like a 30 to 60 year time frame, 8% is a good average. I think it's so important for people to hear things like that because I think a lot of people hear investing stocks and they think you have to day trade and be watching the market all the time. But there are solutions where you can build your wealth over time without mm-hmm. having to you know, be so anal about paying attention to everything every day. 99% of people will lose money doing that. Like you will... of the time, you will make way more money just buying an ETF like that and just Mm -hmm. holding it and waiting X amount of years than you will day trading or doing any like active trading of any sort. Um, I do it because I enjoy it. It's more of a hobby for me. I have a Roth IRA that I max out every year with VTI in it. Like I have the very safe retirement account that I can always rely on. Then I have a separate account that I use as like a hobby account where I can, if I think that I can trade and I can beat the market, great, I can try, but this is my money to do it with and I don't get any more than that. It's kind of a discipline thing. Like I put X amount in, if I ever lose it, I can never put more in. Have you ever seen the uh, forum, the dankest trades of Wall Street? I'm on all the forums. You're Wall on Street all the I believe it. I'm on all of them. Yes. I've watched a couple Um, of those YouTube videos, man. Did you watch the movie? Um, I haven't yet. Dumb Money? I haven't seen it yet. I want to, though. It's so funny. It's hilarious. And it's it's really cool. It's, um, have you seen any, have you seen The Wolf of Wall Street? Yeah. Have you seen The Big Short? I haven't seen The Big Short. Okay. So The Big Short's about the 2008 financial crisis, but 
the Wolf of Wall Street is more about Jordan Belford than it is the actual mm-hmm. financial thing that he did. But picture like the Wolf of Wall Street, but it's actually just about the Steve Madden stock climbing to new heights and then tanking. But imagine being involved in that. So that's how I feel about the GameStop and AMC stock because I was in the thick of it. Like I was trading during that time. I was doing all of it. So seeing a movie that like highlights all of it brings back all of these memories that were so much fun. Oh my God. It's awesome. It's like, and we're young. So like I've never had that before. Yeah. Like there's movies about world events, but we didn't have anything to do with them. This is the first one that like I was actually there for it. I'm like, wow. That's crazy. Dude, I bet that's an awesome feeling. <laughs> Makes me feel old, actually. Yeah. And my body movie that... about. I know, I know I'm very young, but there's some things that have been making me feel old recently. Like, every time I come home and see my, my younger siblings, and they're talking, like, I can't even understand what they're saying anymore. Yeah, dude. The, oh, the TikTok kids are the worst. <laughs> they make me feel so... They'll say phrases, and I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But I know we did that when we were younger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like all the Vine trends that we would just oh my god, yell I, miss, I miss Vine, man. Dude, Vine was the best. It was. Dude, I have to have. My, I still have the TikTok app. I think I have a, a time limit set on it for like ten minutes. Oh really? Like, I just don't want to get sucked in, but at the okay. same time, I still have friends who send me stuff, so I want to see it. So I um over the last like six months, I've kind of been doubling down on like social media, trying to grow my grow my personal brand. Um, not really for anything specific, just to have it there when I need it. Uh, I'd rather start early than late. And I'm just kind of leaning into real estate, but I'll do whatever. And so I try to engage for like 20 minutes a day. I'll go on threads for 20 minutes a day, Twitter on 20 minutes a day. And for some reason, I suck at going on Twitter for 20 minutes a day. Like my algorithm is terrible. It has no idea what I'm talking about. And I think I'm the only one. I don't think anybody else has had this problem of not being able to get sucked into TikTok, but I just can't, man. I just, I get so bored on there. It's like you haven't spent enough time for it. Maybe no one's talking about, you know, business or like finance as in-depth as you on there. And maybe that would make it hard to kind of find what you want. I'm thinking there's wine content. There's a lot of, oh, I could do wine on there. Like I'll just, that could be fun. That's a good idea, actually. It'd give me a break from finance and business content. Yeah. I've tried to post on TikTok a couple times, but I've just never been able to quite figure it out like Instagram. Like Instagram's pretty clear. Yeah. In a way what you need to do to get views. But TikTok. Yeah, which is weird because everybody says the opposite. Everybody's like, oh wow, TikTok is so easy. And I'm like Yeah. Like my sister started making wellness content on TikTok and got 3000 followers in like less than a month. Wow. And like but and her engagement is unreal. Her posts will have like 100 likes and almost 100 comments. Wow. Good and for like, her. And then she stopped posting. I was like, you have something so good started and she's like, I don't really care. Yeah, that's fair. But she doesn't care, she doesn't care. Yeah, it's like I used to think that everyone kind of like if you had a hobby or something, you have to maximize it, you have to find a way to make money on it, but Sometimes it can kind of suck the life out of things. Oh my God, for sure. It's um, pretty commonly talked about in like my circle of people and my, my business friends. Mm-hmm. And everything we do, it's inevitable to look at how you can profit from it. 
like even especially being in e-commerce where you can make a pro like you know when you're a kid and you do something you're like wow i wish i had this to do this yeah well now you i can like i know all of the things of how to manufacture products from start to finish so i'll be like i have one hobby it is mountain biking i guess going on the boat if you can count that as a hobby but my one like me hobby is mountain biking i will go and do it twice a month give or take i have to put it on my calendar so i actually go and do it and every time i'm out there i'm like thinking about products that i could make and like sell on amazon and i'm like just enjoy it just enjoy it just yeah. enjoy it that's that's uh, me with both guitar and weightlifting you know i tried to make music and i started just not even want to pick up my guitar because i hated trying to write and record stuff and then, like, for the gym, and I just, like, didn't even want to go in there because I knew I'd, like, oh, I got to film a video today. I could never do weightlifting content because, like, I go to the gym. I go to the gym every day, and that's that. But it's not something I'm passionate about. I could care less. I do it so that my head can work correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care about, like, getting big or anything like that. Yeah. And, dude, if I had an extra responsibility I had in there, I would never go to the gym again. I could yeah, never. Like- like now I just like lift just to stay in good shape. I don't even care about yeah. getting huge anymore, but it did kind of suck the life out of me for a little bit. I'm sure that's... I could do, I could do like nutrition. I think nutrition is mm-hmm. super interesting. Um, I could do that, but I could never do actual like weightlifting. Yeah. See, this, that's what I love about podcasting is it's not really a hobby. You know, like it could be, I guess. Yeah, it can be, but I don't think it's, podcasting is podcasting it's not yeah. like weightlifting where i'm lifting but i also have to record videos like i'm recording the podcast anyways because that's what a podcast is right yeah if that does that make sense yep it makes total sense and also if as my hobbies bounce around i can talk to different people about different things that's true like you don't have to really be niche you don't have to have a niche whereas yeah. like if you're doing you know weightlifting content that is your niche exactly i saw I found your podcast. Oh, did you? Um, yeah, because I, I was trying to remember the name of the uh, the college dropout or the I can't remember now the Curious College Dropout podcast because I was going to talk about that. But, Wait did did you find my actual like one that I posted? Um, yes. So it posted. It did. Okay, good to know. On uh, I, I did not edit it. I, Capital. Yes, that. Yeah. So I didn't have a name, and that's like the name that I have written down for if. I ever start like a uh, like a brokerage firm or like a money management firm is Fortitude Capital, and so I was like, "Fuck it, I'll just use that." I like your uh, your picture, Canva baby, Canva dude, absolutely. Anyone who is trying to start any social media page, any business, anything, get on Canva. Absolutely, it's oh my I, goodness. what so is it like a hundred and ten dollars for the year? I yeah, think? and oh, even the yeah. free version, there's so much you can do on it. Free version's great, but like, yeah. Uh, I got the paid one right away, so I didn't have to yeah. like try to figure out what was free and what wasn't. It, it easily the best thing that and a social media scheduler were the two things that I paid for this year, mm. and I was no doubt so worth it. A social media scheduler—that's interesting. So all they do is make your content calendar, basically. So it's a calendar, and you um, go on there, and you can make a post, and you can make one post, and you can click which social media sites you want it to post to. Mm. So I, mean, I can oh, make gotcha. one post for Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever. 
granted the algorithms are all different and you probably should make them a little different which you can do too you can schedule one for instagram one for facebook etc but that way you don't have to like go on linkedin scheduler and then you don't have to go on meta business suite and then twitter and you can just do them all from one interface what is it uh vista social i will send you a link thank you i'll probably buy it (laughs) you should i will send you a link for sure i think it was 120 bucks for the year that's not bad because i you know i've been trying to get um shorts and clips out of these podcasts but then posting it on instagram tiktok Mm -hmm. youtube maybe like even facebook is just can be a pain yeah use that for sure you can and those are all the same so like if you're just posting shorts or like short clips you could probably post the same thing to tiktok instagram reels facebook reels Mm -hmm. and youtube shorts yeah especially if i edit it off the platform yeah yeah for sure i don't the instagram algorithm likes when you edit on platform more but it's like it's such a small difference doesn't even matter yeah i'll send it to you and it's you pay like per um site that you do it on so it actually might be cheaper for you because for whatever reason i did pinterest I don't know why, but I do have a Pinterest account that I post to. I probably won't do that again. I took a digital marketing class. We had like a whole week on Pinterest. And it's like, there is I such a niche. Much in it. I don't either, but there's such a niche to be had on Pinterest, dude. The growth there is insanely easy. Is it? Maybe I should get on there. I don't know if there's any. Not probably not for what there. you're doing. So like, if you're if you're starting a blog, then Pinterest can crush. Like, so that was my business that I just am selling right now was a, um, an affiliate marketing blog and it was about coffee and that was like one of the first things i started and it was taking my time and it wasn't doing anything for me and i had no interest in doing it long term so i'm getting rid of it just to cleanse right get rid of is something. that elegant espresso yep gotcha. yep so i'm selling that um and that did well on pinterest tell me about the other um business you your uh you started in your bio um rtr media yeah so that's not an individual business that is a holding that's basically like a holding company and basically what that holds um so like my e-commerce brands so i have like a garden hose brand and i have now like a it's going to be a personal care line um starting with hair care and that holds those brands so that is the owner of um so like that brand that technically owned elegant espresso too but it's just a holding company that's not an individual yeah i was curious i was looking at it i was like i don't know what this is i'm not gonna lie no so i just found out the um that that tag went to an account that was like an hgtv like filmmaker that's what was throwing me off because i was like oh that would totally be something caleb would do because it was it totally would be real estate and my girlfriend's a videographer but no that's not me You've been helping her build a business with that? I've been doing everything I can to help. Um, she just recently figured out so photography and videography are very saturated. Mm-hmm. And she just recently figured out the niche that she wants to go into. And she is going to dive into filming for content creators. Um, but they don't have to be creators. So like a small business person who, let's say they're a wedding planner, she will get hired to go follow them around a wedding and like film what she does for content on their social media. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I got it. So yeah, she's going to do that and she's going to start with like she's going very niche. Um she's starting with wedding companies. So like florists for example or dessert makers or DJs. She'll go and she'll like take clips of them and then maybe edit a reel or two and send them the individual clips to use and make their own reels. 
you should have her record some of the uh I'm, i might be biased because i did this for a long time but the installation have you ever seen the big tents go up like uh oh. for weddings like the huge tents that people do yep like, um setting those up is a project i i know i um <laughs> so i set up a pop-up bar at bir every year which mm-hmm. for anybody watching that doesn't know what bir is it's a racetrack in our hometown and um I set up a bar there and I get a 20 by 30 tent and I watch them set that thing up and it is insane. I might've set that up. I, I, do. I, I rented it from party world. Oh, dude. Party time rental party. Gotta go. Um, wait, was it party time? The one by, by Minnesota inboard. No, we're the one that's kind of right down the road from BIR. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. But I, actually I rented it from there the first year, but they nice. were out they were out the next year yeah that weekend's always super busy but mm-hmm. i think the biggest one we do at bir is like 40 by 100 is it for one and, of the vendors uh it's for the vip tent yeah is one yeah yeah crazy all right what are what's like your what are your goals in finance building wealth business what are like your long term goals 100 million dollars Hundred million dollars. <laughs> that's that's the number. That's the number goal. Um, I like the ring of it, and I like even numbers. Um, so a lot. I want to do a lot. I love working, so I don't really want to set myself up for a goal that ends in me not working necessarily. But obviously, like everybody, I want to be able to slow down and work when I want. So the idea is. Full storyline, probably build businesses from 20 to 30 and accumulate enough money to start a um, private equity firm or like a, like a venture capital firm or just a private, like a family office. And those, all three of those are very similar things, a private equity, venture capital and family office. There, there are very few differences between them, but there are some key differences. But in short, what all of them do is they take They have to start with a massive amount of money, first of all. So that's why I need to make the money to be able to do that. And then you take the money and you find companies that you want to invest in and help them build. So you find people who are doing, you know, a hundred or doing maybe five hundred thousand a year or a million dollars a year, and they need help getting to the next stage. By that point, I will have the skills to help bring them there. And I will buy, let's say I buy 35% of their company when it's private. And help them go from a million dollar company to a hundred million dollar company. And then when they if they IPO or they sell or whatever we end up doing, the return is much greater, but the risk is also much greater. So essentially what you're doing is you're just in, investing in people and their companies. And I think that that's what I would love doing full time, like long term, because I love people and I love business and I love all businesses. I can always look at them. I love looking at deals stuff like that but i think that that is a long-term thing i could do i think that's perfect for you too because you said you know you've started so many things and sometimes that can be so overwhelming but with this you could get your hands on all those different sorts of businesses without being in charge having exactly. to do everything and meet people who are interested in the same things as you yep so, exactly so i mean people the businesses they'll already have you know a founder they'll have a ceo they'll have 
people in place already. I will just come in as a minority shareholder, whether I hold 49% or 30% or whatever, I will just come in and fine tune things. So I will identify problems or things that could be potential problems and remediate them or fix them. Yeah. What's your mindset like, man? I'm curious. Uh, you seem always so like, just like chill dude, but at the same time you work so hard. I'm just curious kind of what's going on inside that brain. Hard question. Um, that is kind of a tough one. Maybe get more specific. Like, what's what's your routine look like throughout the day? Okay, easy question because it's the exact same every single day. Um, I wake up at six. I go to the gym. Forty-five minutes usually, forty-five to fifty-five minutes. Come home, take the dog outside, cold shower, protein shake, work. Then I work for maybe two hours. And then by then, Alyssa, my girlfriend, she is done with her workout and whatever she has to do in the morning, and we'll have breakfast together. That's kind of our um, like non-negotiable time. We like always have breakfast together, and we sit down, and we talk, and do whatever. I love it. That usually is like 45 minutes, and we do that every single day. That's super important to her, so it's super important to me. Go back to work, done whenever I'm done. That can be anywhere from if I decide I'm done at three some days, which I do, um, I'll be done. Otherwise, eight, seven, whatever. Whenever the work that I have to do that day is done. Um, pretty simple. Nothing crazy complicated. I don't have a, if I had a sauna, I probably would throw a sauna in there. I wish and I had a sauna so bad. I do too. It sounds like if I had the space to have like a, a cold plunge and a sauna, I would totally be that guy. But I live in a 600 square foot apartment on the second floor. So cold plunges are frowned upon. Yeah, I'm sure. You had that thread or yeah, thread you posted the other day kind of talking about that stuff, like the meditation, the cold plunge, all that. What they tell you it takes. Is what they tell you it takes. Yeah, that was what they tell you it takes. And it was like a bunch of bullshit that people are people are like, this is what you have to do to get rich. And I'm like, okay, well, you might do those things now, but I promise you when you were like the person might have all the credibility in the world, like they might have sold a hundred million dollar company already. That's great. But those people they didn't do that. They did the work, sold the company, and then got super into all this other stuff because they had all this time and money on their hands and think that that's what got them there. But it's not. Like, I think it's such a dangerous distraction for people too. Like if you're more worried about... So you've gotten to the point where you can build that awesome routine. But if there is someone you know, still working Stone College, all this stuff, and their, their time is already very limited, Mm-hmm. And their focus is on, okay, I need to meditate for 30 minutes and then work out and then um, get in my cold plunge. It's like, well, you're not doing anything. Yeah, like, dude, it's, not, have, it's not like, pushing you anywhere. There are people who have three to four hour morning routines. And that's insane. Like, I am all for a morning routine. I think it's very important. But there needs to be a limit. And ultimately, the thing that's going to get the most work done is just doing the work. And so figure out how you can get to that point as fast as humanly possible is the way to do it. And like 99% of people do not need all of those things. Most people probably need one or two things. I need two things. Workout, food. Yep. Then you can do the thing. That's all your body needs for the most part. Pretty much, yeah. Movement Movement is a thing that you need. Once, I mean, sunlight. I, I think that is one thing that people say they're like, Get early morning sunlight. I'm like, I don't think you need 30 minutes, but 
go stand in the sun for you know, a minute or a few minutes, 10 minutes, whatever, I could see that having realistic benefits. Yeah, you only need about 10 minutes. Um, it basically just it resets the your circadian internal rhythm, clock. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, your sleep circadian rhythm. And then at a certain, you know, you'll get ready for bed. It'll help you go to sleep, basically. Like, yeah, 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 which I'm starting to focus on. I got, I got an aura ring. Nice. Tracks your sleep. My Garmin does it. Yeah, I can't wear a watch to bed. Dude, it, I used to have an Apple Watch, and I had to charge it overnight, you know, so it didn't, they don't track sleep. Right. So when I first got this, um, it felt weird at first. I'm used to it now, but for the I first couple nights, yeah. I tend to sleep in my stomach, too, so it'd be like digging into my leg if I'm... <laughs> Bad for your back. I know, man. I'm pretty active, though. <laughs> I think you live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's, there's other things that I do. Yeah. Um, I've been kind of trying to build a morning routine. I'm not a morning person at all. Um, in the past, I've tend to like when I'm doing projects, I do it all at night. Like I'll do it at like midnight to like 3 a.m. But I've been trying to get stuff done in the morning. And I found ideas don't come to me as easy, but I'm a lot more productive. I'll get more done in less time. I, I, I feel that. Um, so that's when I started going to the gym early in the morning because I would get up, drink some water. And then sit down and try to work, and I'd be moving at a snail's pace with nothing going through my head. Yeah, like I had the mental capacity of a snail, and I was like, "Well, this is unproductive." That's when I started going to the gym in the morning. Um, I'm with you. I was a late night work person. I loved it. Like sitting down from eight o'clock to four in the morning was my jam because that's when I worked in high school and all through college. I worked from you know five p.m. to four or five a.m. Yeah, that was like when my body knew that it was time to work, and it took me a couple months to break out of that. But living with uh, a significant other helps because she's like, "Why are you working in the middle of the night and then sleeping yeah. all day?" And I'm like, "Well, yeah, I can see this causing." It's like, problems. I want to hang out with you. I want to be able to see you. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I can see this causing problems down the line. Yeah, probably fix this. Yeah, running in the morning. Um, I've been doing that, and that's helped me a lot. It really gets me going. I bet. No, I hate running. I hate running so much. Yeah. I don't know. Like, so I'm training for a marathon, and so is my whole family. We're all running Grandma's okay. marathon together. Yeah. So that's honestly what's keeping me going, is having wow people doing it with me. But that's I'll, tough. We'll get you in a marathon one day, <laughs> dude. One day, maybe. I I can see that being my 2025 thing. Who's the guy? Um, yeah, I forget what it's called. Uh, do one life-defining thing every year. You heard of this? Oh yeah. Um, it has some weird name. Um, let me look it up. But anyway, go on. So, how many siblings do you have? Um, I have one biological sibling, and the Misogi challenge, and a ton of step siblings. Yes, the Misogi um, challenge. Um, yeah. so they're all doing it. Um, there's one that's not. And then my stepmom is just doing, I think, a half marathon. So there's uh, four of us, no, five, five or six of us doing the whole thing. Nice. Wild. Yeah, man. That's kind of like, year. no, well, yeah, one day. One um, day. that's kind of been my thing recently is I really want to grow the podcast. And I really want to talk to cool people, 
and but at the same time i need to be doing cool things at the same time to have these yeah, conversations for sure. i feel like for sure you know, um and then like as you as you grow in the podcasting space you're gonna end up going on other people's shows like i want to have you on mine because yeah. now we've already had conversation and i have never interviewed somebody in my life before so i think you're a good person to start with in the early beginnings Sweet. um but yeah dude you have to have stuff to talk about because like if i go on someone else's show and i'm like i don't want to talk about podcasting for an hour if that's the only thing i'm good at so i still like the physical beats is kind of where i'm going and uh Hormozy has this thing he says his goal is not to be happy it's excuse my language mom it's to do epic shit yeah and yeah. i love that and the first time i heard him say it i got a little upset like oh like you shouldn't be telling people their goal is not to be happy but then i think about it if your goal is to always be happy it's impossible to accomplish that goal because life's going to throw stuff at you you're not always going to be happy i think yeah, your goal should be to do things that are going to fulfill you so that You'll be happy most of the time, but I think having that goal to be happy all the time is just unrealistic. And yeah, I totally it kind of has to be worded right. You know, you can't tell people like, "Oh, your goal is not to be happy," but do epic shit. Do epic like shit. It. It's uh, yeah, and I think that that embodies doing that embodies so many things: doing fulfilling things, things that you'll look back on and say, "Okay, those were good old days." Like I'm big on remembering that we are living the good old days. And uh, being around like friends, always specifically old friends, always like brings that out more. Yeah. Where like I was, like I said, Brady flew out. Um, for anybody listening, Brady's like my best friend of like six years now, and we were like talking about how long we've been friends, and I was like, "This is ridiculous." I mean, we're talking about things we did like six years ago, which is longer, seven, eight years ago, which is crazy to think about. But um, that those things are fulfilling like whatever yeah. you're doing and they usually are epic things. did you ever go through almost like a lonely phase when kind of moving on from like high school college life yeah. to business oh god yeah um i'm just barely out of it um so i left i don't know if you remember i left high school the end of junior year i moved to arizona and I, because I didn't graduate from Brainerd, but I left that year early. Oh, I did not. I did not know that. No, I didn't graduate from Brainerd. Oh, you probably wouldn't know that because COVID. Yeah. No, nobody graduated. Nobody really. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So I left the end of my junior year. We're the same year, so end of mm -hmm. your junior year, and I moved to Arizona, and started living there, um, so that I could have in-state tuition the next year because I was planning to go to ASU. This is when everything hit the fan. And COVID hit, and I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to go pay 25 grand to go to sit in front of a computer at ASU. Yeah. So I went to community college, and Brady moved down that summer. He moved down to Arizona with me. That was always the plan. And between the end of junior year and the end of senior year, and actually into the summer, so like 15 months, I lived completely by myself. Um, I made some friends in Arizona, not a ton because it was pretty challenging. I didn't go to in-person school and um, COVID was there half the year, half the time. So super, super like alone. I'm very good at being alone. I love living alone. And then Brady moved down 
and I was still even like uh, in more of a like lonely phase, not lonely, but like I was building a business. Like I was trying yeah. to figure out how the hell I was going to make a bajillion dollars when I was 18, like every 18, 19 year old kid does. Yep. And then I was like, wow, this is way harder than I thought. I'm going to have to like step back and figure out like an actual plan to make yeah, all the guys, it. all the people online you see in the little videos like, it's so easy to make a million dollars. You can do it right now if you buy my thing. Yeah. But then you realize that, oh, wait. I have a special kind of dislike for those people, man. Oh, me too. Because they, there's, that was the, that was how I wrapped up that, that tweet and thread actually is. Um, those people got rich selling the idea that there was a shortcut or a hack to doing it. Yeah. And there isn't. There never was. There's one way there, and it is to do the work. And most of them haven't actually done anything. No, no, God, no. They might have made a course, and they might have made killer money off of said course. Yeah. They don't do shit. They sold. Yeah. Uh, they're snake oil salesmen. Yeah. So, yeah, back, uh, you were talking about your experience in Arizona. Yeah, so like I lived alone for, and actually I lived alone in Minnesota too. So as as soon as I hit sixteen, uh, I lived alone, and so I spent two years, pretty much just under two years, living completely alone, um, which was cool. I enjoyed it. It developed a lot of character traits. It allowed me a lot of time to learn. Um, yeah, and then after I moved out of Arizona and moved to Florida, I spent a good like year where. I was pretty much just building because now I'm like, I was 21, 22 and I actually knew what I was doing. So I had like knowledge that I could put into the time and effort that I had. And so I was living in a new place, had no friends that I had to keep up with. I had a girlfriend I had to manage, but she's pretty easy. And that was it. So I had 18 hours a day to work and that was another lonely phase. And now super social because things are a little bit more like on autopilot and i have a better balance like work-life balance they call it apparently yeah. and apparently i didn't have one of those <laughs> and i do now so how did you what was like how did you build that community of friends you have now in the business world like what um in the business world specifically it all came from twitter i know that sounds crazy I when I started in real estate, I deleted my Twitter account and I started a new one because I wanted to reset all of my algorithms. And I have found such a community on Twitter. It is insane. There are more people there that like connect and make actual connections and threads now. Threads is great, too. But there are so many like minded people on there. It's wild. And then a local like community in I got super lucky as far as like my local community, not necessarily even business people, but St. Pete is an insanely like friendly place and so many people here are business people, not really like my kind of business people, but everybody here has like a small business, which is cool. It's fun to be around. Um, like I said, it's not really my thing, but it's at least a like-minded individual that's like maybe has a wedding planning company or maybe they like make juice and sell it at all the markets, like stuff like that which I think is really fun to be around. It's awesome to see these people doing things that like they like doing and they're pretty much just have a job, but at least they work for themselves. Yeah. That's like the one, I think that's the biggest obstacle I've had in college is people just are not interested in the same things as me. No, no, God, no. And I, I like, it took me so long to find people in the same like headspace as me. 
because I wasn't going to find it in Brainerd, Minnesota, and I wasn't no. going to really find it at ASU in Tempe, Arizona, where everybody's shotgunning beers every five minutes. Yeah. So it, I finally found it here, and I'm super thankful to be here. Awesome. Yeah, uh, Delaney and I, we plan to move around a little bit in the next coming years. Yeah. We kind of want to, we want to do a little like U.S. tour and visit a few places like, you know, Austin, Texas, St. Pete. Um, you should, man. It's, um, so I, my whole like childhood up until high school, freshman year, I stopped traveling, but up until freshman year, I lived in 41 states and went to 16 different schools. Wow. Um, yeah, I know. Totally story for another time. But, um, so I was, I've seen enough where I was very confident when I found St. Pete, I was like, okay, this is it. I'm not going anywhere else. Like, but I had the luxury of living in so many other places yeah. and be able to say that you guys should totally take a road trip and cruise around and check places out because that is the best way to do it. When we moved to Florida, we did that, but just around Florida, we um, got a car in Fort Myers, started in Fort Myers and went around the whole state up and down both coasts and we were like okay cool st pete it is they had good fish tacos and cool people that's like you know you talk about your ultimate goal it's 100 million dollars all these things and for me i would love like i just want freedom and if i had the freedom to buy a sprinter van convert it and drive around the country and visit all these places i would be so incredibly fulfilled I don't think so, anything would make me happier than that. It's funny you say that. Um, did you know that Alyssa, Alyssa and I have a van? I do, yeah. Okay, so we have Stan, and uh, he's not really a van that you could live in, but we travel with him. Mm-hmm. And then when we moved to St. Pete, we had a brand new Dodge Promaster on order. Like it was ordered and it was set to be delivered to St. Pete in March. And our plan when we first moved here was to build the van to live in and travel and have St. Pete as our home base. When we got here and lived here for a few months, we were like, wow, we love it here. It feels like a step backwards to leave. So we still want to do that, but we want to set roots here. We want to buy a place here first, then build the van and maybe travel through the summers or something like that. Yeah. But it's funny you say that because we, we want to do the same thing. Like I love van life and we've gotten a taste of it with our van. It's so much fun. It's the best way to travel. Um, tell me a little bit about it. I just uh, I've watched a few videos, but what's our, it like? Being on our the van? van, yeah, or it's just, awesome. Uh, traveling in a van in general. Traveling in a van, yes. Yeah. So, if you go on Alyssa's YouTube channel, she's posted all of her videos there. Um, and so like, there's a whole like, and my YouTube channel actually, there's a whole video of our build of like our us building the van. I think it's like 13 minutes. It's a pretty good watch. Um, I would check it out. And as far as traveling in a van, it's awesome. It takes some getting used to, but um, when I traveled my whole childhood, we lived in a, a fifth wheel. So it was like a 40-foot camper, and it's very big. It was yeah. very nice. Like, Definitely wasn't like trailer trash or anything like that, but we, like, my, we traveled for my dad's job, and we lived in that, and it was perfect. Um, I had like my own room, everything. Totally what I thought was normal life now. As I'm an adult, I'm like, wow, that was crazy, but awesome. I'm glad I had that experience. And so I was already kind of used to it. But van life is a totally different thing, especially if you're going to stealth camp. So stealth camping is where like, you can stay on the side of the road or in a parking lot or in a neighborhood or whatever. It's so much fun because you can drive somewhere and just find a place to park and be stealthy and you can sleep there, wake up, 
and leave the place obviously perfect like leave more leave uh the place better than you found it or whatever the state park saying is then you could stay in state parks you can stay along the beach um before we moved to florida we and where we actually got the idea to, to do van life was san diego which is one of the most van van friendly places and my favorite probably my favorite like second favorite city in the u.s and we could go and stay there literally steps from the beach and the beach had showers bathrooms everything like that place is awesome that sounds amazing yeah van life is sweet i not enough good things to say about it i think everybody should uh at least rent a van once in their life and do some traveling being able to just open up a tent or a van and just seeing water yeah on a beach uh my dad and I, we go every year to the Apostle Islands. Oh, sweet. We island hop. We kayak to them. This mm-hmm. year, I'll actually finish all of them. Really? To every island. Yeah, I think there's 21 or 22. That's cool. Um, but like, we'll set up our... There's one campsite we love. We set up our tent right on, the, uh, right on the sand. Open it up. You just have a view of Lake Superior. That's it awesome. It's just awesome. Yeah, dude, it's, it's a ton of fun. Um, I will say it's not all like that. Like yeah, van life has. I, Sometimes you're opening up the door to a, a running highway or something. A running highway, an alleyway, or like yeah. whatever. And like van life has been one of the most like glamorized things on social media over past X amount of years. And I will say that that it is very much so glamorization. But there are some amazing like times where you have awesome views and awesome time. It's awesome, Caleb. You've been amazing today. Do you have anything else you want to say before you go? Not really, man. Um, anybody can follow me at Caleb Coons. I'm sure Asher will have my name down in the bio. Um, if you want, you can go to my podcast. Right now it's called Fortitude Capital. I'm really just doing it as an experiment, but hopefully it goes well and I enjoy it. Maybe I'll stick with it. Who knows? And Yeah, that's it, man. Uh, if you're planning to buy, buy any real estate, give me a call. I loved your post you had that. It made no sense to me. And then the next thing was, did that make no sense? Yep. Call me. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I know. And look, dude, I, I love that stuff. Like I said, that's the only reason I do it is because I love it. There are so many more productive things I could do with my time than like options trading or anything yeah. like that. But I enjoy it. It's like a hobby for me. It's like therapy. Yeah. Well, Caleb, thank you so much. Hope to have you on again. And I hope to get on yours at some point. Yeah, man. As soon as I uh, figure out how to do it, you'll be on. Sweet, man. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for coming on.